inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. With me is Benjamin Select here for another episode of our draft recap series. Today, for this episode, we are on the Los Angeles Rams. Before I break down some of the picks that the Rams made, which whew, there's a there's quite a few to get into that have some interesting talking points. Bringing in my co-host Benjamin Solek. Ben, how you doing, my friend? Oh, Trev, every day is a good day, man. Uh, the further we get away from the NFL draft, the further we continue to enter the dark period of absolutely no sports. So we're just going to hold on to this for as long as we can. I'm trying to squeeze out and plan out as many of these draft recaps as we can so it takes up a good amount of the month of May. So hopefully we have better sports news, lighter sports news to talk about once we get into June and July. Hopefully, but for now. We're recapping what happened on the 2020 NFL Draft. Like I said, this podcast is devoted to the Los Angeles Rams. They are one of the teams that did not have a first-round pick in this past draft. Let's go over the entire class right now before we bring in our guest, who I am very excited to get to. The first pick of this draft for the Rams was Cam Akers, the running back out of Florida State. Then they went Van Jefferson, the wide receiver from Florida. Both of those guys were in the second round. In the third round, they had two picks as well. Terrell Lewis, the edge from Alabama, and then Terrell Burgess, the safety out of Utah. Fourth rounder, we had a player who is <laughs> who has two stands on this podcast, Bryson Hopkins, the tight end out of Purdue. Sixth round, they went Jordan Fuller, the safety from Ohio State. And then three seventh-round picks. Clay Johnson, the linebacker from Baylor, Sam Sloman, the kicker from Miami, Ohio, Miami, and then Tremaine Ankrum, the guard from Clemson. Ben, what did you think of this class overall? Were the picks that were made, at least the positions, the ones that you expected? Yes and no. Um, I think we've come to learn with less need to expect the unexpected, unless it's offense, in which case definitely expect it, it's going to happen. Um it's the Rams are a weird roster because of the lack of cap flexibility that they have. And so drafting has to be a little bit more anticipatory in terms of uh, being prepared for contracts that are going to expire and guys that you can't sign back. So the Rams have always been a, a weirder team with less need running the show. This draft, I don't think went exactly as we expected it to, but also, yeah. like I said, with less, it's kind of like there's nothing really to expect at this point. Well, there's a lot to get into with these picks and maybe even some of the picks that the Rams could have made but just chose not to do. So to understand those a little bit better, we have Brad Motter from Locked On Rams podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network. Brad, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, man, always love talking some football, uh, especially when it comes to the Los Angeles Rams. So uh, excited to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so before we get into the Rams questions, on the bio of the Locked on Rams podcast, your name is actually Bear, not Brad. Is there a story behind that? I just caught wind of that, and I just wanted to ask you if there was a good story behind that. Oh, yeah. It's been a a nickname of mine for a very long time. Uh, It was back when I was living with my brother in college. I was uh, at home during summer during break. He was working full time. It was a hot summer. Came home one day. There I was in our no AC apartment. I was throwing down some uh, double stuff Oreos. And he was like, dude, you just look like a big bear right now on the couch. I hated (laughs) the nickname. In fact, they just started trolling me for the next two months, started putting all right. these bear signs up. And you finally realize with an older brother, you have to embrace it. <laughs> yes. And then it's become just kind of the go-to thing for me. They started introducing me every time we would go with friends. And they'd be like, this is John Franks uh, and then Bear and then uh, Billy. And I was just, it became Bear and I embraced it. 
And uh, that's kind of where the nickname started. And now it's, uh, you know, my mom hates it, but everyone else around me seems to love it. <laughs> well, well, good for you for embracing the troll. I definitely have uh, a, or a friend group myself where you just have to embrace whatever troll is coming to you. you like, that's to. the only way to handle it for you to get by. Brad, I'm going to start with this second round. Cam Akers was the first pick that they had in this draft. And I like Cam Akers. I'm a big fan of Cam Akers. And Van Jefferson as well. I'm a huge Van Jefferson fan. But I didn't think the Rams were going to take both of their only two second-round picks, especially after not having a first-round pick, and not investing them in either trenches, especially on the offensive line. Would love to hear your thoughts on these picks with the individual players, and then maybe should they have gone this direction, whether you like these players or not? Man, it's growing on me, and you're right. I'm sure there's some pain right. here in Rams Nation as we looked across this draft because, you know, leading up to it, especially in where we are at in the world right now, I feel like everyone got so much more into the mock draft this year doing hundreds of them, right? And as you were doing it, you saw some running backs there, uh, but you saw so many great defensive talent there as well. And with the Rams and the, their departures of, you know, Dante Fowler and Corey Littleton, you thought, man, those are two big positions that we need to fill right away. So you kept going defense, defense, defense. And then you thought, oh, well, there's a, you know, deepest wide receiver class. You kept hearing that. We'll get a guy later running back. Same thing. So plenty of value late in some of the later rounds. Uh, but then again, you know, like Ben said, uh, the, the Rams do it their own way and less need, you know, will go and fill some of these positions. Uh, and he went running back wide receiver right out of the gate. And, uh, you know, I did a mock where that was kind of like the I don't want to say the worst case scenario, but a backwards way of thinking. it, <laughs> And that's the way they went with it. Um, and so there was some getting over it period. But as you start to look at it, especially as you go to the first four picks, you see guys that can come in and contribute day one. And that's really what the Rams needed. I'm curious. You brought up the fact that I think there were a lot of needs generated on defense. When I looked at the Rams, I, and I, especially I go back to the Super Bowl season of 2018, I look at a dominant offensive line that lost multiple bodies. And obviously the big step back in the Rams offensive line last year affected a lot of things, the running game and the pressure that Jared Goff got. I was expecting earlier picks at, at offensive line, and we didn't get those. I'm curious, as somebody who covers the team all the time, how much do players like 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 Bobby Evans and David Edwards and, and Joe Noteboom have to do with that? Are the Rams trusting in the development there? Were they, you know, was was there a good play at the end of the season from some of these young guys that, that we missed out because we just assumed it was continuing to be shaky kind of? Why did they eschew offensive line early? Who are they trusting right now? Yeah, it's a great thing. I think a, a huge part started with Andrew Whitworth coming back. Obviously, his age, we know that's a factor. He signed a three-year deal. No expectations right. for him to actually live out that deal. Um, I think it gives the Rams some flexibility if next year he says, hey, I still got it. Okay, bring him back uh, and maybe save some money if not. But, yeah, I think they really do have some high expectations for guys like David Edwards. As you mentioned, um, Austin Blythe, who's most likely is going to you know, take over that center position again. Yeah. He finished so strong there. He signed a one-year deal again to come back. Uh, you know, but Joe Noteboom coming off injury, there's still so many question marks, but they believe in him. And listening to some of the comments from Les Need after this draft, that's kind of what he expressed is that, you know, they had spent some, you know, high draft picks in the last couple of years getting some of these guys and they want to develop them. They really trust in Aaron Cromer, their offensive line coach. Uh, they love guys that can play multiple positions. You saw Bobby Evans and David Edwards, those two rookies last year, being able to basically throw them in anywhere. You also have to remember Rob Havenstein finished the season a little banged up. Uh, he's coming back. He had a really down year last year. But if you go back 
two years. He was awesome for us over at right tackle. So there's still some talent here. I think it's just getting guys to be healthy. There was no continuity last year in the Rams. It was always, I think they had like nine or 10 different lineups throughout the season. This is a team a uh, year before that had the same lineup for two years and they were one of the better offensive lines. So they dealt with a lot of issues last year. I think it's just, can we get five guys to play together uh, and start to develop some of these young guys? They also went out and, and, you know, made that trade, uh, you know, with the Cleveland Browns bringing in um, Austin Corbett as well at left guard. This is a guy that was, you know, late first rounder or early second rounder a couple years ago. So they have some really big faith in these guys. But you're right. There were some question marks. Why not maybe throw one guy into the mix? They did late in the seventh. They got some good value there. Uh, but, yeah, it's it just wasn't a need for them that they thought was important. And I'm starting to kind of see the way less. Maybe I'm covering the team too much, but I'm getting those crazy eyes with less with the glasses. Right. I don't know if you saw him wearing those glasses, but uh, <laughs> I'm buying I'm buying into some of the stuff he's doing. Some of it's still a little head scratching. Here's a, a, a shout out to the fantasy football audience that might be listening What's Cam Akers' role going to be like here this year? What's kind of the outlook for him, the faith level that he can have? Is he going to be this RB1? I mean, the reason why this pick was so surprising to me isn't because Cam Akers isn't worth this kind of a pick. I think that he absolutely is at number 52. But they drafted Darrell Henderson just last year in the third round. And so, okay, they're moving on from Todd Gurley. You know, that's a financial decision. So that kind of makes sense. But I didn't think they were going to address running back here. So does this almost put... Henderson on notice like is Akers just going to be the RB1 on this team right away you know that is going to be a fun thing to be talking over at Lockdown Rams over the next couple months because the big question is you don't know right and I think really the way I envision it and I think I'm hoping that the Rams start to take on is they do need a big body a guy that's got some power some balance that can kind of take that pounding can take the load of majority of the carries like Cam Akers can. And then Daryl Henderson comes in there. If you can get him 11 to 15 touches, whether that's, you know, dumping the ball off to him or, you know, getting him eight carries or so, uh, I think he can be effective that way and kind of be the big burst guy. But you're right. I think the guy that's really put on notice is Malcolm Brown, the guy that's always been kind of, in the in the waiting, kind of waiting for his opportunity when Todd either went down or uh, now been traded and moved or not traded, released and moved on. Uh, I think he's the big loser in this because uh, we saw last year, even the beginning of the year when they were kind of had this game plan for Todd Gurley. Malcolm Brown was getting the ball a lot and he was productive. He's running people over. He was shifty. He's a goal line back. He can protect the quarterback as well. Uh, so I'm just curious how they're going to use the, the trio of them in and who gets the most carries is a big question. You know, Cam Akers can take the load. Uh, but do they give that in a rookie early on? I expect both those guys, as far as Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, to be impacts on the offense. I think the big loser is Malcolm Brown. I have the exact same question about the tight ends. Uh, no, it, it's it's. I, I think that you looked at a team that was heavy in 11 personnel and saw the way that they invested in Tyler Higby, saw some of the flashes from Gerald Everett, and I was surprised by the Bryson Hopkins pick, which to me is a player that I think they already have on the roster in terms of the skill set. So with three tight ends, and obviously they opened up more 12 in, in the past year, but 11 was really the bread and butter for McVay during that Super Bowl season. Who is getting on the field when, and, and who do you think is the odd man out? Who's the Malcolm Brown in this situation that the Rams are likely anticipating moving on from? Yeah, another great question. Another really fun camp battle that we're going to watch because Gerald Everett's coming into his last year. Tyler Higby was given a big contract last year in the offseason, so you expect, especially the way that he finished the season, that he's going to be the go-to guy. 
him and Goff really have kicked it off since they've he's gotten here. But last year was just in a different level. I expect a lot more 12 personnel. So I'm assuming two tight ends in that position. Uh, they've even kind of teased out a little 13 personnel, having three tight ends on, especially guys that can, as you mentioned, have the same skill set and go out and catch the ball and then run with it afterwards. Uh, maybe you kind of see some of the 11 personnel switch to 13 personnel. I don't know how crazy of a thought that is, uh, but I think Sean McVay realized he's got to keep evolving his offense uh, as people kind of, you know, got onto what they were doing late in that Super Bowl run and then kind of into the next year. So I'm really curious with this too. I think the odd man out there really is Johnny Munt is, you know, our fourth tight end because he ended up being the third tight end, got a lot of playing time when Gerald Everett went down last year at the end of the season. Played pretty well, not the greatest receiver, uh, but he kind of pitched in and really helped that running game get going near the end of the season. I think they're going to rock three tight ends. You also wouldn't be surprised if there's, uh, you know, maybe a late trade for Gerald Everett. Uh, maybe they move on from him, slide Hopkins up. Uh, but I think it's Higby, and then it's a fight for Hopkins or uh, Everett at that two position and expect them to kind of rotate these guys in. Uh, and then with the Rams, they weren't very healthy. As I mentioned, the offensive line, maybe that's the case. They're looking kind of ahead here uh, in ways, not only for this year, but if Gerald Everett goes off his contract next year, becomes a free agent, they decide to pass on him, he slides into that two role. But I'm with you. It's, it's an overcrowded position. It's going to make for a fun training camp as you watch these guys kind of battle it out. Of the two third-round picks that they have, both on the defensive side of the ball, both also named Terrell. Uh, which one are yep. you most excited about here seeing uh, with the Los Angeles Rams? And it doesn't even necessarily have to be just right away in 2020 because I think Lewis might have a clearer path to getting some impact plays in 2020, but perhaps you believe that Burgess is going to have the bigger long-term impact. I'm just curious to hear what kind of roles you think these guys might have and which one of them you're most excited about seeing with the Rams. Yeah, it's a tough one really to pick which one because they're both really exciting for their own ways. Sure. And Burgess, really, I was excited just because of where we got him. Pick 104, yeah. didn't see him yeah. falling there. Uh, I knew that we were going to need some help at the safety position with Weddle gone. Also, Nikel Roby Coleman moving mm-hmm. on it from our slot corner. Uh, that's what I love about Burgess. Is this is versatility. You got Brandon right. Staley and his new defensive coordinator. Uh, going to see how he switches things up and utilizes these guys and kind of how they move everyone around. Taylor Rapp, another really versatile safety. So seeing those three guys in the back end with John Johnson getting healthy is going to be really exciting. But then you're right. Terrell Lewis coming off the edge, uh, a guy that went healthy And when that motor is running is a ton of fun to watch. And really with Dante Fowler leaving is a big hole for us. We don't have a lot of depth there at the outside linebacker position or anyone coming off the edge. Obo Okoronkwo uh, from a couple years ago, he got injured his first year. Uh, Finally saw some time on the field last year, has some high hopes for him. But uh, I love both these guys. I think Terrell Burgess right away kind of almost has... Um, you know, I think a more important role because of the flexibility of you can play multiple positions. But uh, Lewis is going to have to come in and be an impact because I think right now people see Alabama edge rusher. They see all the highlights and they expect, OK, well, Dante Fowler got, you know, 11 and a half sacks last year. You know, you better get into the double digits. A lot of pressure on these guys coming in because those again, those first four picks have, uh, you know, good opportunity to see the field in the first year. Sure. All right, the inevitable and all-important UDFA question inbound there. <laughs> I know every every uh, expert's getting asked, and you will all be judged on your answers. The Rams, and you said this in the pre-show, uh, a lot of UDFAs on the roster. My question for you is, of all of those, which one makes the 55-man roster, and why? Who's the guy who's going to stick for the Rams this year? Oh, man, this, this is a tough one, because, again, 20... 
Uh, yeah, we'll get it wrong and we don't respect you. So here we go. Yeah, yeah, here we go. And this is this is like going back to uh, seeing how the Rams kind of use their picks. And I kind of dubbed it almost like a Madden draft because the needs maybe weren't running back and wide receiver right away, but they're exciting picks and they go into the offense and it's that Madden version. And that's where I look at this undrafted rookie free agent classes is Bryce Perkins uh, is exciting out of Virginia. You just think about how he can transition and, and you see kind of all these Taysom Hill and those dual threat quarterbacks. I think he's really interesting as well as San Jose State quarterback Josh Love. I really think it's another camp battle for the backup quarterback position for the Rams. Mm. Obviously right now John Wolford is sitting at the two position. He's another fun guy to watch at quarterback. So I'm really excited about the two quarterbacks that they're bringing in here to kind of push that room uh, in the back half as well as the wide receiver out of Washington State Winston Jr. Uh, I think that's a great pickup for the Rams oh, looking at their stop. Yeah. The, the depth there at, at wide receiver uh, is kind of interesting for the Rams, especially, you know, we brought in another rookie in that second round pick. But uh, where does he fit in the room and, and how does that go? He's kind of like Nisimba Webster of last year. We picked him up. He was an undrafted rookie free agent for us. He made his way to the practice squad and then ended up on the roster. He's sitting here uh, behind Robert Woods on the depth chart right now. So I like that. Those three are probably the three that I'm looking at. But they've got some really good D-lines, some linebackers, and some running backs in there that are going to make some things interesting as you're looking at the back half of this Rams roster. Anybody in day three we didn't happen to get to? Fuller, Johnson, Sloman, Ankrum, any of those guys you want to touch on before we get you out of here? I mean, I love Jordan Fuller. Just, uh, you know, I'm a big Michigan fan, so I watched him at Ohio State kind of tearing us up for a while and just making some plays. Okay. Uh, But Clay Johnson, I mean, out of Baylor, you just got to love this kid's energy. If you haven't had a chance to go watch his uh, draft call, you got to do it. He is just a ball of energy. He is looking, I think he said running through a wall about four times on the call. Uh, as well as uh, he's got a good connection. Uh, his dad was the best man of Brett Favre's wedding. Brett Favre raved wow. about this Look kid. at that fact. Uh, Look at that yeah, fact. There you go. Uh, he raved about him, said if this guy didn't get injured, he had him as a second-round guy. I don't know if that really would have been. Obviously, we don't know with the way the injuries goes. But he flies the ball. Uh, he's got passion for the game. I think he's going to bring a lot on special teams, especially for a linebacking room that is ton of inexperience and not a lot of guys there. I think he's got a chance to maybe find a, a little role here on the team. Did you think that when you clicked on this podcast, you were going to get the hidden Brett Far facts? I don't know if anybody did, but Brad was well, you're going to put it in the description. Brad right? was able to deliver whether you asked for it or not. Brad, that was awesome, man. We really appreciate it. Before you get out of here, make sure you tell everybody where they can find your work. Definitely. You can find me at uh, Locked On Rams on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook group, as well as LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter. Uh, you guys know the deal. Five days a week over at Locked On Rams. We're always delivering good stuff, good nuggets like that, uh, and bringing the energy to talk about the Rams. we got a long ways to get to the season. So like you guys said, you know, really getting into this draft stuff to make it exciting. I got to say, I was listening to a couple of Bears podcasts before he got on here, and Locked On Rams might have the best intro music and just intro presentation in the game. I heard that and I was like, man, we got to step our game up. Like we got to step our game up this summer because we got to keep up with what Bear's doing over there. Brad, we really, really appreciate you joining us, man. Awesome. Appreciate talking to you guys. Anytime you want to talk some Rams football, let me know. I'm here to do it. Sounds good. We might have to take him up on that offer the closer we get to the season. We got a couple more draft class recaps we're going to get to this week before the Fan Friday episode to cap it all off. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.